welcome to On Your Mark, Get Set Review Special Edition, George Lucas Style 2014, Age of Obama. Uh, we're doing the 2014 Best of Television, the top 10 of the year. Top 10 in my heart, top 10 in my soul. On my left, I have the illustrious Shannon Camp. Hi. On my... Really? Gonna interrupt me in my introduction of you? I was just saying hi. I'm sorry. On my right, I have the illustrious Dylan. Hello. Welcome to the show. Me. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm excited Good to, be to be here, here. as always. Whoa. Very excited to have you all on for television. I know you all are television addicts. Yeah, I mm. consume like an unhealthy amount. It's dangerous, actually. Mm-hmm. Leaking radiation. Uh, well, let's get on with the list. Number 10 with a bullet. Shannon. All right, yeah. My number 10 was Bob's Burgers on Fox. Mm, just missed mine. Number 11. Call it honorable a, mention. Yes, call it an honorable mention. Is it on your list, Dylan? It is, yes. Um, it is not my number 10, but it is on there. Great. Uh, well, the episode that I put down is my favorite, and I think it's a good example of what makes the show so enjoyable. I chose The Kids Run Away, which is actually from last season, but it did air in early 2014. Uh, in this episode, we find out uh, Louise is very, very frightened of the dentist. So she and her siblings end up running away from the dentist, running away from their parents, and going to stay with their aunt, Gail, Linda's sister, who is a cat lady. Uh, Gail is voiced by Megan Mullally, who's always a good time, and the dentist is voiced by Ken Jeong, another great actor. So I think it's a really, really fun episode. I love that episode. If I had it on my list, I would put that as the best one. I, I, I always enjoy, uh, you know, the kids do have their fights, but I enjoy their relationships. They're some of my favorite TV siblings because, for the most part, they actually do get along. Uh, so I think that's fun to watch, to watch. the In this episode, the whole family comes together to help Louise get over her fear by turning it into a secret agent mission for her. Yeah, I it think was, Bob's Burgers... They're kind of a dysfunctional family, but like not so much that it's a Painful. bad like representation yeah. of a family. Like, there's a lot of TV families that are just so broken mm. that you would never want them to be your family. But they're not that bad. Like at the end of the day, they love each other, and even though they're t completely ridiculous, like yeah, it comes from a very loving place. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I love all of that, and I just got to say, um, Bob's has so many great you know, recurring minor characters. And I really think that Aunt Gail is among the strongest. This is the episode where she has a board game that she's made up that like represents her own life and you can never win it because basically God <laughs> is always fucking with you and fucking you over. And of course you have uh, the ubiquitous cats, which are animated in a very sullen way i guess that's the word i'm looking for so uh i just always enjoy seeing her on the show she's great uh, i love also the way the parents are kind of dealing with the problem they're not they're taking it not too seriously in a way so it's kind of a fun way when you're trying to get back at louise trying to get her to go to the dentist yeah they're, they're I really texting tina I really love uh, the dentist character. I love mm. that we meet him and he's a PUA, which is hilarious to me. And they like have the fake PUA video and stuff. 
Oh, I'm it's very fantastic. fond of his character. Yeah, he's, he's just great. The worst. And Ken Jong is just like he's such a good actor, and it's a pleasure to hear his voice acting work. I think that Bob's one another one of the things that make it great. Besides, I'm actually very fond of the style of animation. I know not not everyone is, but um, I think that the voice acting on that show from both the regular cast and the guests are just superb. Like H. John Benjamin is one of the greats already. Bob Tompkins has a lot of great guest appearances on the show too. Mm, yeah. I- Anything with Kristen Schaal in it is immediately something that I want. Yeah. Because she's a beautiful angel, so. I really enjoyed, I feel like, uh, to look at Bob's in the larger 2014 season, there was a lot of development in the Tina and Louise sister relationship. Um, Another episode that was a standout was the one where Tina ends up hijacking that obnoxious girl's bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah. And Louise helps her out with the whole situation. So obviously Tina and Louise are very opposite and I enjoyed, they've kind of got each other's backs more than ever from now on. And it's really fun to watch. For sure. Agreed. Great. Should we do number nine? No. 10, Dylan. Oh, right. Um, so this is a show I'm not. I know you took a lot of time in organizing your list on. I just went through and did it, okay? I'm done now. Um, So my number 10 is not something I'm entirely caught up with. I've only seen a couple episodes, but I already know it's really good. Uh, Broad City. Broad Uh, City is number two on my list. Yeah, I would put it higher probably, but I haven't watched enough of it. So, like, I don't think it's fair for me to put it higher. Um, But I watched two episodes uh, with... uh, someone I went on, went on a date with. Uh, so I was very drunk, to be fair. But um, I thought... Uh, I just put the second one on, because that's the furthest I watched. And I really loved uh, Hannibal uh, Barres' character. Uh, the the dentist guy who... <laughs> yeah, so the second Dating episode is called... Alana, Puss- yeah. Yeah. So Pussyweed, the second episode. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah, I don't even like stoner humor, but like I, I'm really fond of that show already, even though I haven't seen that much of it. Yeah, I would say that Broad City, I mean, Pussy Weed is definitely like a stoner humor episode because it's all about the quest to get weed and then they smoke weed. One of the things yeah. I like about Broad City and definitely part of the reason it fell so high on my list, um, and I'd be interested to see what you think, Dylan, as you watch more of it. Um, Broad City is a show where the women are not afraid to be gross. There's no worries about being dainty or ladylike or cute. And that's what I appreciate about it. I feel like Pussy Weed is definitely a part of that. Uh, my favorite episode that I put was Destination Wedding, which is another episode with just like they're cursing. At one point, they're strapped to the back of a truck and they're bouncing around back there. Uh, Hannibal Burris's character is actually much sweeter and gentler than either of the girls. And he kind of adds yeah. a little oh, bit yeah. of cuddliness to the show. Um, so it's really fun because it's definitely a show that doesn't fuck around with like gender stereotypes and it's a delight to watch it's so funny yeah and uh most of the people well i mean the the show itself they they mostly come from ucb which is my comedy theater so i'm kind of attached to it for that reason as well (laughs) which is probably cheating but i think it's fantastic i think the sky is the limit for those two comedians they're so good it had such a strong first season like Picking a favorite episode was difficult because they're all so good. Yeah. 
I've only seen the first two episodes too, and I loved it. It has such a strong voice. Yeah. Which is rare to see in a show that's just coming out. Writing the first two episodes alone. Absolutely. And you also have a very clearly defined relationship between Abby and Alana. Like it really only takes a couple episodes to pick up on the dynamic that they have because they're very, very different from each other, but they get along so perfectly. Oh, it's just, it's so much fun. I love watching that show. It's a joy. I can feel the dynamic just being developed right in the first episode. You can just feel it right there. Yeah. You can see all these characters right there. It's really impressive. Especially for a 22 minute show just to do that in the first episode. Yeah, it's, I I have nothing negative to say about Broad City. Again, it was number two on my list. I think I'm ex- can't wait for the second season. The promos alone for the second season had me like in tears of laughter. So I would probably say Broad City was my favorite new show of 2014. I don't oh, know you, what Andrew. my favorite new show is. Uh, number ten for me was Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's on. Which? That's on mine at number seven. I loved it. It's so uh, it ended strong with season one, with the going to the mob storyline, and then season two starts really good. Uh, my favorite episode of the season so far was the mole, which was uh, fuck. I really should have wrote these down. Does anyone remember what the mole was about? Yeah, I remember. Uh, basically, uh, Captain Holt, who's played by Andre Brower, is at odds with a character played by Kira Sedgwick, who's been his rival yes. in the police department for a long time. And she brings in another uh, investigator to start examining the Brooklyn Nine-Nine because apparently there's a mole. Like, files have gone missing and they've ended up in the wrong hands. Uh, Eventually, it comes out that the files have gone missing because there is no mole. Jake has been taking them home and not bringing them back, uh, which is pretty typical for his character. Even though we see him maturing in some ways, he's definitely not in others. And it turns out that Kira Sedgwick brought in the investigator just to try to get dirt on the 9-9 that she could use to destroy them. So that episode pretty much ends her arc because they figure out that she was trying to fuck with them and they tell her, like, if you ever mess with us again, then we'll use this to destroy you. What I also loved about that was all the weird little touches in it where the investigator is germaphobic and uh, Andre Breger is able to figure it out because she already knew he was germaphobic and she just nodded to him instead of trying to shake his hand. Yeah. That's a great and one. There's also, and there's also a really amazing joke about the silent rave oh, where yeah. everyone's at the rave and they had the earplugs in. So you just see this really weird thing with a bunch of people raving and you don't hear any music, just complete silence and shuffling. I've been to one of those. It's very surreal when you're not listening to your headphones. Uh, that's oh also the episode where the department finds out that Gina and Charles are sleeping together. Uh, so that's Chelsea Pretty and Jolo Truglio's characters. And uh, it's, oh my God, it is I regret else. not being caught up on this. Oops. It's a fantastic show. Um, c- if I could just talk briefly about my favorite episode from uh, this year. Oh, go ahead. Uh, mine was actually from last season, so the beginning of 2014. And that's the episode, The Party. Uh, the department attends a party oh, at yes. uh, Captain Holt's house with his husband, Kevin, and their corgi, Cheddar. Um, Terry, the sergeant, played by my imaginary best friend, Terry Crews, uh, is trying him. to keep everyone in line. Uh, but of course, everyone's messing up. Jake is trying to impress Captain Holt's husband. Amy is trying to suck up to Captain Holt himself. But best of all, um, 
Kevin and the captain have like very intelligent friends and all their friends become obsessed with Gina, who's Chelsea Pretty's character, because she has such abnormal psychology. And this is the episode that gave us quotes from Gina. Like my mother cried the day I was born because she knew she'd never be better than me. <laughs> and I think I have the exact skill set. She talks about she thinks she'd be president because of her dance skills and bloodlust. It's just, it's an infinitely quotable episode that gives every member of the ensemble a chance to shine. It's just a really fantastic show. And it has such a great cast of characters too. Boyle, Vasquez, who I didn't like initially, but she really grew into a great character. Diaz? Yeah. No, wait, is Vasquez her name? No, it's Diaz. How did I get Vasquez out of that? I don't know. I guess you're racist. Apparently. (laughs) Yeah, Diaz. Who I didn't like initially because they kind of played her one-dimensional. But then she got really better as I went along. And it was much better. I love her character She's now. a sweetheart. Oh, yeah. She's a secret sweetheart. Uh, and Hitchcock and Scully, who are the, kind of the unsung members, but they kind of function as a double Jerry from Parks and Recreation. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly but they have this weird confidence to them, different than Jerry, which makes them so much different and much more enjoyable to watch in a way. They're also less kind-hearted than Jerry. They definitely do things to further their own means, which even though yes. they're very stupid, it can be entertaining to watch them kind of try to connive. There was that deal they made. It might have been the mole or it might have been an earlier episode where he made a boil. It's like he just wants to get a conversation with... Uh, Jake. Oh, my God. This scene makes me laugh so hard. Oh, it's He just so gives good. him that nod and was like, yeah, we're good here. It's really funny. I, I love that show very much. I feel like it's one that, for whatever reason, still isn't getting a lot of mainstream attention, and I don't really understand why. Neither yeah, do I. I like it. I'm not caught up again, which is why I didn't make my list. I don't think I've seen anything that came out this year from it, because I'm watching it with my mom, so we're mm-hmm. like only doing it when I come home for the holidays. Oh. Um, I know that but, Yeah. You're but, a good um, daughter. But I do really, I think it's, I think it's a great show. I, I liked all the episodes I did see. I would say out of those, I really liked Sal's Pizza because I loved um, What's-His-Face guest starring. Pat Oswalt. Pat Oswalt yeah, is exactly. the fire yeah. chief, and he has actually come back oh, a couple God. of times, and he's fantastic. This Amazing. season to it. featured a lot of strong guest stars, including Ed Helms as the Postmaster ah. General. Oh, my God. I haven't seen that That makes yet. me so happy. I guess I won't say too much since either of you have seen it, but it's a really standout episode. Didn't top the party for me, if only for the moment when Captain Holt walks into his bathroom and he sees Terry uh, with the corgi and Jake is smothering Amy with a towel because she's allergic <laughs> to dogs. And it's just like a perfect tableau. Just like <laughs> that's an image, a hilarious image that has stuck in my head along with the quotes from Gina um, being studied by the psychologist. So, great show. All right, top 10s eliminated. Great job. Let's move on to number nine. Shannon. Number nine, I went with Louis uh, from FX. On my list, too. Great. Dylan? I think it was number four. I'll continue to be the uh, odd one out. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm sure we'll get to stuff that we have more common ground on. Uh, Louis, for me is a show that kind of defies categorization. It's not really a sitcom, but it also has a lot of 
sitcom elements. Um, yeah. And one of my favorite sitcom elements about the show is Louis's daughters. The actresses who play Lily and Jane are so fantastic, and Louis C.K. always gives them great material. Like, maybe it's because I teach children acting for a living, but I always appreciate some good child acting. So uh, the episode I picked as my favorite is actually a two-parter, and it's an episode that is very stands out because it is almost entirely in flashback. Uh, it's called Into the Woods. Yes, it's my two. favorite episode too. It's so, it's, I love that episode so much. Episode, it's my favorite of the series. It made me laugh. It made me bawl hysterically. It's almost uh. like you're transported from Louie into Freaks and Geeks, which is one of my all-time favorite shows. No longer on the air. Uh, Louis catches his, in present day, Louis catches his oldest daughter uh, smoking weed. And then he kind of flashes back to when he started smoking weed as a young teenager. Yeah, when he was a kid. Uh, Jeremy Renner stars as a drug dealer who gets Louis to steal microscopes from the school science lab. And then Louis u- ends up using that money to buy a ton of weed and ends up struggling in school and clashing with a science teacher who had been like a father to him because Louis's own father is absentee. Uh, it's a painful episode. It's teacher. a painful to honestly like. There are moments that are hard to watch because of awkwardness or because you're scared for Louis. Uh, the drug dealer played by Jeremy Renner seems very sweet, but ends up being extremely unstable and scary, and physically threatens him at one point. And then it's all grounded in the scenes of Louis with his daughter, who has always been the responsible one, compared to the little daughter who wanders off one day because she says she's dreaming when she's awake. Yeah. Um. I love watching Louis's dad, and I love the actor who plays him as a teenager. I think he did just such a yeah, fantastic job. That kid was amazing. Capturing Louis's mannerisms. Um, this episode, like, if you just looked at Into the Woods Part 1 and 2, it could almost be like a short film. It's, it really it's is beautiful. its own thing. It's its own thing. And uh, I feel like that's me almost not looking at the show, what the show did this whole year. But it was so good, there was nothing else I could possibly pick as my favorite episode. I mean... The six-parter with the... I forget what country she was from. Oh, his... Uh, she was from, like, Ukraine. She was from somewhere in yeah. Eastern Europe. That was a great six-parter. That was beautiful. That was a beautiful yeah. arc. The ending made me cry so hard. Oh, Louis just will crush your heart. Um, well, the Into the Woods... In the Woods. It's called Into uh, the Woods. It is yeah. Into the Woods? I checked my facts. <laughs> uh... The scene with the mom where she's confronting him, that hit really close to home for me, and it made me just bawl uncontrollably. I'm tearing up just thinking about that scene. And when he looks in the window at his mother, and she's sitting alone at the kitchen table in tears, like she has no, she's has yeah. no idea what to do. It's so good, and you could almost take away the frame device of Louis catching um, Jane with weed, but. The frame device makes it all the more poignant because we know him exactly. as a father. Honestly, I would say more than finding, even though the last season was the focus on him finding like love in his life, romantic love, I would say the arc of the whole show is him as a single father. Mm-hmm. And this season even touched on what it was like for his daughters when he divorced, which happens before the show even starts. Um, so I thought this episode really poignantly fit into that. This was a barrier for Louis, I think. This might have been the best season he's done, I think. And that's really saying something, yeah. because I think that show is like a masterpiece. It's profound. It's beautiful. It's honestly one of the best television shows I've seen. Yeah, I don't know why it's only number nine on my list, but here we are. Apparently I, the next eight are fucking amazing. Yeah, they are. 
It's one of those shows. It's been a really good year. It's one of those shows that I know is really good, but it just makes me too disquieted that I can't watch it most of the time. That's totally understandable. It's a very Mm -hmm. painful show. It's dark. It's not for everybody. It is very, very dark. Things that are too realistically sad really hurt. <laughs> I don't. I can't cope with them very well. So yeah, it it's, it really just kind of stabs you where it hurts. Yeah. But it's make, makes it so beautiful. In the There's way. a reason I have a couple of animated shows on here. <laughs> I have one. I think I have one animated show. On I have three. <laughs> well, one of mine. Well, yeah. Let's go to Dylan's number nine. Um, there's another one I'm not quite caught up on, but I, it's important to me as a person and a human being. Uh, Throw it out there. The Legend of Korra finale, uh, um, where, uh, there's a, there's a queer relationship and it's real. It's real. I don't care if you guys think it's implied. It's not implied. Off, off air conversations. Uh, um, I, I haven't seen it. Uh, here's, here's the thing. Um, the shot, the last shot of, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is visually similar to this last shot. That's a good point. And yeah, because the last shot is, um, Aang and Katara. and Katara kissing. And then this last shot of, um, sorry. Wow. I didn't have enough coffee today. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Of of Korra and and Asami, um, it it has the same like style. It it, it's them doing the thing, and then it pans up to the end, Mm. Mm -hmm. and it's like, and there's so much implied. It's been hinted at for like the entire time, Um, and it's just really satisfying to see, uh, pretty much what amounts to a queer relationship, and a kid show, yeah, being confirmed in a show created for children like we have bubbling from uh, adventure time but yeah. they're not actually allowed to put that on air apparently but it is confirmed anyway but i don't know it just means a lot to me i'm like not entirely caught up with all of the show but yes yeah, i need to watch you know i'm really excited to catch up this only makes me more excited i mean i was excited already but seeing and hearing about all of this i think it's about time i mean why hasn't it happened yeah. already is really the only question. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm happy. It's very, it's very important to me as a big gay myself to uh, <laughs> see representation, especially for, uh, for, for kids who don't get to see that kind of stuff that they can identify with on TV. Mm. I think it's really, really important that, that's, that oh, this happens. Um, and, you know, I hope that... I hope that it continues to be a thing in other shows because that is so, so important, you guys. Yeah. I honestly, I don't know why we're not seeing more of it is all I can say. I mean, on the one hand, I do pat the entire creators of Korra and Nickelodeon on the back for that. On the other hand, I'm like, we need to see more of this from adult shows. Why are the adult shows slacking on this so hard? Like looking at my own list, which I picked pretty mainstream shows. Uh, obviously, I'm someone who's hugely pro-equality, but I don't see a lot of gay relationships on my own list, and now I'm disappointed with myself and with the networks that I watch. <laughs> I may or may not seek out mostly shows that do interesting queer relationships. Um, 
and especially because I watch limited, I guess not limited TV, but I, but I pick and choose what I go out of my way to watch. Um, so that, that I mind may be skewed that way, but I hope that that no. brings interesting diversity to this show. So I, I completely agree with you. And actually I wish I had talked about when we talked about Brooklyn nine, nine, just to touch on that super briefly, Brooklyn nine, nine is a great show in terms of racial representation. It has a much more people of color, heavy cast than we usually see on network TV. So I'm glad this seemed like a big year with steps forward for people of color. I would like to see that happen for queer relationships as well. And well, but even more with Brooklyn nine, nine, I'm again, so sad. It's not actually on my list because I didn't watch anything from this year, but um, there's a, queer person of color in a position of power. Yeah, yeah like, Captain He's Holt. the greatest character on the show, Captain too. Holt. And their I relationship is... So him and much. Kevin are, like, it's Hysterical. never hidden. And I'm pretty yeah. sure they've even done, like, a short kiss on screen at this point, which is... Honestly, even if you watch Modern Family, I think it took till like, Cameron and Mitchell's wedding for us to see oh. the two of them kiss on screen, which is insane. How long was it till they Listen, got married? Like, the two thing, seasons? Three. Here's the thing oh, about Modern Family. Here's the thing about Modern Family. Mitch and Cam are fine. They're fine. I have nothing against them. They seem like a healthy relationship, and that's fine, but they're so boring they're the most oh, boring yeah. couple on the show they're milk because toast. they're like oh they're gay so they have to be they have to be completely inoffensive in every other way I, yeah they don't give them character i will say modern family exactly. does, does not fall on my list because it's a very formulaic show i pretty much that. only watch it when i'm with my family um, so i'm not here to like defend modern family or cameron and mitchell because i actually agree that they're extremely boring and they disappointed me in terms of representing queer people. However, mm-hmm. I will say for the extremely conservative, they're a nice like gateway drug to being more accepting. Sure. If that makes any <laughs> oh, sense. No. And I get that that's why they did it, especially because it's on the channel that it's on. Like it just, you know, I didn't expect better necessarily. And it's still a nice feel good show. Um, but you know, yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. The only, I'm saying the only Silver yeah, lining yeah. is for oh, the yeah. extremely yeah. conservative. It's a way it brings in. it gets mother more used to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like get used to America, you motherfuckers. <laughs> All right. Uh, that concludes the Modern Family uh, version. Yeah. Uh, my number nine was Rick and Morty, also another first time show this year, which really surprised me. I really wasn't expecting that much from it. <laughs> Uh, I did not know uh, the showrunner before. It's run with Dan Harmon and uh, really should know his name, but I don't. So whatever. Uh, my favorite episode this year from it was Close at Rick Counters of the Rick Kind. It's a really weird episode where it takes place in multiple dimensions with multiple versions of Rick and Morty. And it's just a really mind-bending kind of episode where they run across these different dimensions, and it's just such a funny show. It's so weird and interesting. And also kind of brings it back to reality a little bit, because you do see in moments in this episode, Rick kind of feeling for Morty, his grandson. It's just such a weird, heartfelt, bizarre, dark show. I loved it. Great show. The end. I have not seen it yet. I will say I was a huge fan of Dan Harmon's Community, which I would define as the first three seasons of Community. Yeah. Uh, 
it's really lost me since, and it's a show that I both mourn and feel resentment towards. It is not on my top ten, but I can guarantee you if we were doing this show during seasons one, two, or three, it would have been in my top three. So I'm that actually sad. fits in nicely with my next segment, Don't Call It a Comeback, even though it is. This is shows where we felt shows made a comeback. I actually felt Community made a comeback this season, where from the abyss of horribleness that was season four, I thought season five was a huge step up from that. I'd say it's better than season three, but it's not as good as what I think the benchmark of the show was. Uh, The mid to end of season two, which I think is the best show has ever been. I liked season three of Community. I don't know if it's my favorite, but I liked it better than season five. Honestly, part of this might be my own personal bias, and I'll own to that. Once the character of Troy left the show, I was so emotionally Aww. devastated that I could barely continue watching. Like, And now that I hear that Yvette Nicole Brown, who plays Shirley, who's also just yeah. a part of the show, is leaving... I and they're gonna make it. It's gonna be a fucking Jeff and Annie romance, which is the last thing I want community to be exactly. about. Is romance. Super gross, I don't give a shit. We, so gross. Can we talk about how bad the episode was in season four with the convention and then Annie kind of mulling over Jeff? I can't uh, even uh, talk yes. about that because I watched it through parted fingers. It's such a disgusting relationship when they met. She yeah. was like. 18 tops and he was in his late 30s and I'm like they're trying to turn this show they're trying to turn this relationship into something that it's not it's not even true to the characters it's It's gross it's really gross it makes me very upset they haven't earned I I get I get why she had a a crush on him in some Mm. ways um because I think that uh I don't know maybe it's my personal experience with like feeling a need to suck up to authority figures or people that you think are better than you and she exactly. does seem very insecure. Oh, she seems very insecure in a lot of the ways I was when I was in high school. Um, so I get why she had a crush on him, but I am not okay with it being an actual thing. That she has happen. matured to the point where that she goes, oh, I don't want this. This is terrible for me. I know. I refuse. Yeah. I haven't watched season five. I refuse to do it. There's I watched season four and okay. I was like, no. Oh. Which one, are you, which one uh, season five? Because I don't remember it that well. I don't know, but there's an episode in season three where Jeff and Annie almost kiss. This isn't the one where they kiss in the first season, but in season three, there's an episode where they have a lot of time together, and at the end, they are sitting on a couch, and they're having a conversation about how, like, he's her mentor, and they almost kiss, and then they're both like, this is gross, and we're like, oh my gosh, these characters have come along so far, and the rest of the season was devoted to both of them having other, you know interesting relationships i don't understand i think it's a fan service thing there are a lot of fangirls especially young women who are very drawn into this relationship uh and i'm not a fan of like just oh we'll do with whatever gets the ratings but obviously community was floundering and is still floundering and they felt that they needed that coughs loudly is supernatural and it's nonsense queer baiting Oh, Jesus. Coughs very loudly. (laughs) But season five, Shen, what was your problem with it in general? I, you know, I was happy to see Dan Harmon back, and I very kind of enthusiastically jumped back into the show, but I felt like the tone was still off. I felt like a problem that the later seasons of Community had had is... um, when they used to do theme genre episodes, like we all know the classic genre episodes of Community, yeah. those episodes used to fit very organically into the overall story of the Greendale Seven or whatever you want to call them. Whereas 
uh, in later seasons, including season five, genre episodes became very gimmicky. Instead of oh, starting yeah. with a story and it becoming a genre, it was, oh, we want to do an episode that spoofs this, so we're going to do this. And it felt very inorganic, and I felt like um, a lot of the characters had just become caricatures of themselves, which is a trap for any sitcom. So it was just all around super, probably my biggest disappointment of 2014 in terms of... Because you just mentioned something that I really hated was the app episode, which just felt very... It was like a dystopian ugh. episode. Ugh. It's just... Uh, it, uh, it brought rough. back memories of the Hunger Deans, which might be one of the worst moments of the show. It was completely. bad, and it's only ever salvaged by Gillian Jacobs being amazing as Britta, no matter what bullshit they throw at her for her yeah. poor character. <laughs> like, honestly, oh, fuck everyone except Britta. for Britta Perry. Britta Perry for the win. Because uh, she... Gillian Jacobs is so good, and she was the high point of that episode and probably the season for me, but... I was so devastated by Troy leaving. That cannot be understated. Troy and Abed were always That's, a huge draw. That is the last episode I watched is where he left. I was like, I can't. There's I can't. actually a really good episode after he yeah. leaves. I think it was the one with Troy, uh, not uh, Abed and uh, Jonathan Banks just together in that room, which I thought was a really good episode. Uh, I'm not going to watch any more of it. <laughs> yeah. To backtrack, actually slightly, that really ties into something else we were talking about. Uh, in season three, one of the relationships that developed was Abed and Annie having a very organic friendship. Uh, there's the Dreamatorium episode, which stands out to yeah. me as a high point of season three. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, once Troy leaves, they can develop Abed and Annie's relationship, and that can kind of help smooth that transition over. Did not happen. There was no continuity carrying over from season three to season five, even with incorporating versus not incorporating stuff from season four. So, I mean, I can't even talk more about this. I'm just getting really angry. <laughs> well, uh, what shows did you guys feel like made a comeback this year? Like a show that you thought was once good, went bad, now it's back to being something you want to watch again? Um, it's... N- it's not on my list, but I thought that Game of Thrones improved this season from the season before, but it still didn't make my top 10. I, I am a very bitter and angry person, and when things lose my interest, I drop them. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could be like no, that with um, relationships. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a learned skill, friend. Um, no, I... I, I, that's, I was only half a joke because I did do that with Community and I, I'm not going to ever watch more Dropped of it. it but, like I'm not going to watch more of it either. But I honestly, I'll either watch a thing to the end or I'll stop watching it. I don't think there's ever been an in-between with me. So I've actually seen almost every show I've seen all the way to the end. I've seen every single episode of Entourage, one of the worst goddamn shows of all time. I was going to say, uh, fuck episode. you, you're a sociopath. That is, you have no idea the pain I have been through. I have seen so much horrible. Why do you hate yourself that much? Uh, I started watching like the first two scenes. I'm like, okay, this is all right. Then it kept going and going. It's like just going. Bro, wish gratification. Bro, wish fulfillment. I will say. I will say. It's the worst. There's a lot of room for Doctor Who to win me back because that show is so. Uh, it's so easy to change into something new and better. Is mullable the right term? What? Mullable? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Something about metamorphosis, blah, blah, blah. But (laughs) something about, I don't know. Uh, Beautiful butterfly. I, 
when Moffat leaves, I will maybe watch that show again. Fuck him. Sorry, but fuck but him. I know. Uh, no, no, no. Can we please fuck talk about fuck how yeah, much I fucking hate him? I was gonna say I like looked at the time. I'm like, oh shit, we're 35 minutes in and we haven't we'll even do, gotten we'll a number. We'll come thing, back for we'll do like a we'll do like one part here, and then I we'll know, go back and do two parts later. I I'm with you on this, Dylan, and I do want to talk about this a little bit. Um, I barely watched Doctor Who. I have two very close friends who are super into it, so I've watched it with them, and I think that Moffat is one of the most sexist people in British television because British television actually is usually very non-sexist. I want to destroy him and everything that he stands for. Yeah, he's no, he's terrible. He ruined two shows for me. Well, he always ran Sherlock, I guess. Yeah, um, I have, we'll, we'll come back to Sherlock later, don't worry. I have a segment, <laughs> I hate the show. We'll, okay, get, we'll get to that. Oh, good. I'm looking forward Oh, my God. But yeah, Fuck. I used to Ugh. really like Doctor Who. I watched uh, 9 and 10. Well, I watched 10 first and then 9. Um, but it used to be a really good show about how even a normal human being is so special and important and can do great things. And then he took it over and it became, look at this quirky alien. He's going to pick up some hot women and travel around the universe. And also Mm. I'm going to throw in some lesbians for you, but then I'm going to make them abusive. So you know what? Uh, Chill. Fuck you, Moffat. Yeah. Fuck you and all your shit. And I hate you. He's terrible. Leave Doctor Who alone. I'm so angry because now it's Peter Capaldi and I like want to watch it so bad for him, but I can't. I can't do it until he leaves. So I'll say that's a annotation to my I refuse to start watching shows again. Because <laughs> I think there's still hope for that show because of how easy it is to get back into what makes it great. I do have another show I thought made a huge comeback this year because I thought it was far gone. I thought it was Beyond Saving. South Park actually had a banner year. It was actually amazing, which surprised me. I can't hang with that part. It was never my type of thing, no. Uh, it's just so good this season. It's my episode I wanted to pick that I really liked was Cock Magic. Is it on your that list? Sounds... No, 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 no. It's a comeback list. Okay. It's barely outside the list, though. Okay. I sounds, didn't put um, it in there. That sounds like about right for what a South Park episode would be called, doesn't it? Yeah. Dicks, 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 dicks. I like Poop the Book joke. of Mormon. That's the best thing I can say about South Book Park. Of I love is really the funny. Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon is really I love the funny. movie too, South Park. The music in that's amazing. Also, I did watch a playthrough of the video game just because it was interesting to me. But yeah, I heard the game is pretty funny. I heard it was not that great as a game. It was pretty funny. It's, it's alright as a game. It's like yeah. Paper Mario, but not that good. Yeah, but I heard the combat was like too like. It gets not, too not easy at a point. Enough. I heard it was not. Yeah, it gets too enough. easy at a point. Yeah. Like when you get to level, you're, that's it. The game's over. Should I right. talk about games some other time? Uh, number eight? Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, for number eight, and this is the only sketch show on my list, although I do watch several. Number eight, Inside Amy Schumer. Uh, just a fantastic sketch show. Really unique. Um, for those who haven't seen the show, it combines sketches, Amy Schumer's stand-up, her talking to people on the street about questions and her interviewing people. And I would say um, it's I really love her sketches and her stand up. I also enjoy when she talks to people on the street or interviews people because she's very warm and kind with them, even though her sketches can be extremely caustic. So it's a nice balance. I did not pick a favorite episode. Um, 
but Amy has just delivered some hysterically funny feminist commentary this year. So I picked a few favorite sketches, um, including one that I honestly think is going to be like iconic. Like I would show this in a classroom, which is where Amy's playing a like uh, a Call of Duty type video game with her boyfriend, yes. and she wants to try playing it. So she picks a female character instead of a male soldier, and her character is immediately raped. And then all the commands that she has to go through, instead of being combat commands, are trying to go through the bureaucratic system of reporting her rape and everyone just in the video game just shutting her down. And Amy playing the video game with her boyfriend going increasingly frantic. Um, there, That's one that really stood out because it was such a gut punch. But there are a million others that made hysterical points, including one where a group of guys is looking at this girl played by Amy, who's a tomboy. And they're talking about like, Oh yeah, that's what I need. A chick who can hang a chick. Who's not like the other girls. And it starts out as something that's tearing down other women. And slowly these guys are talking about like, yeah, I want a chick who's just got like a penis. And you eventually slowly realize they don't even realize it, but they realize what they really want is, you know, to get fucked by a guy. And it's so fucking funny amy has done a fantastic job of making feminism hilarious and accessible to everyone and for that reason i'm proud to put her on my list i have not seen nearly enough of that show but i did watch that first sketch that you were talking about and i thought it was fucking amazing and i do need to watch more of her i've always seen the first episode i liked it i'm just so bad when it comes to watching new shows it takes me forever to watch it. I totally understand. I would almost say that this is a show where you can YouTube sketches and get a very high level of enjoyment out of context. Um, I don't even know what else to say besides, like, it's so good. There's one where Amy's teaching a fitness class, and she's, like, barking at these women like a drill sergeant. And she has this line, which actually our friend Caroline pointed out to me. Um, she screams at them, you will be unrapeable. And, like, it... It's a show that goes there. It's never afraid to push the envelope or be offensive. Like Broad City, I'm always drawn to a woman who isn't afraid to be gross and who isn't afraid to offend people. And I look forward to seeing more from Amy in the future. She's awesome. She's totally kick-ass. Agreed. Dylan, number eight. Uh, Veep. Are you serious? Eights, your Veep, yes. eight is Veep too. Yeah. I have Veep as number six, but yes, oh, Veep yeah. is awesome. Veep is Veep so good. Veep is hysterical. I, I, this is one of the ones I caught up with a while ago, so I'm again like a little fuzzy on which was my favorite episode. Um, yeah, same here. Um, uh, I, I just put, I put Clovis on there because I fucking loved all the like stupid tech boys, and I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened, but... <laughs> There's probably a better one, but that's the one that stuck out to me. So I, I love Clovis, and I don't want to steal Dylan's thunder, but if I could just talk briefly about the episode that I put down as my favorite, yeah, if that's all right. Um, yeah. I put down A Special Relationship, which is the one where the team goes <sighs> to England. Uh, and it's great because Veep is actually created by a British comedy team. So in A Special Relationship, we get to see them lampooning both American and British politics. Yeah. Um, uh, Selena is at the bar drinking and they're saying down in one in their British yeah. accents and she thinks they're saying Danny Wah so she just starts shouting Danny Wah Danny Wah <laughs> and she wears ridiculous hats 
uh, Chris Maloney is playing, like, basically Dan hired Chris Maloney's character Ray to be, like, her employed fuck buddy. Oh, Ray. Yes. And he's, Ray. he is crazy. He has lines, like, Britain is the kingdom of hats. And um, <laughs> Dan tries to reverse my fair lady, Selena, to make her, like, a down-home British person and fails miserably. And Amy gets to take over as campaign manager from Dan. I'm a huge This is the one where Amy Dan fan. has the breakdown. Dan right? has a nervous breakdown, ends up in the hospital. That was my... That was the one that was I was like also looking at as a favorite. So I, uh, I'm, I love both Dan and Amy as characters in terms of comedy. But obviously, I'm gonna, if I'm gonna root for one of them, Dan is an asshole and Amy is yeah. a beautiful Amy's asshole. Better. Yes, Amy and she does that cute little dance, like her victory dance. She goes alone and like does a little dance, and she's super cute. Um, oh. and there's also some great, some more great lines in this one after Selena embarrasses herself in front of the vice prime minister, who's played by British comedian Darren Boyd, who is fantastic with his dry humor. She says, "I just got Brit fucked by that balloon animal," um, which is such a, just a great insult. Um, to I, me, this was perfect—a perfect show with a perfect episode. Does anyone I, have a favorite uh, Veep insult? Oh Jesus! Mine was, "You're like a blueprint of a human being." There's so many good things that people say about Jonah about Any, him being like malformed. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> literally, Jolly Green fucked Jonah. And another thing Preferably about horribly something that Dan says to Jonah, because those yeah. two have a really weird, I don't know. My friend and I think they have a really weird sexual tension and I know not everyone thinks that, but I do. I <laughs> and see I love it. the scene where he shoves the burrito in his face. That makes me laugh. <laughs> I, I see it. it, but I'm telling you, it is only a matter of time before Dan and Amy start sleeping together again. Cause we know that they oh, have I know it's going to happen because I, I love it's gonna happen. I just wish it wasn't. I wish it wasn't, but it's gonna happen. Uh, I think their relationship is interesting. I can't lie. I find it pretty sexy. Like they're probably one of my favorite TV couples of 2014. Even though there's nothing that's happened between them, they're both just such mean people. I don't know why it Horrible gives me people, so much yeah. pleasure. I I think they'd be good together, but I just Dan and Jonah are too funny for me, and they just have such vitriol for each other but they are not afraid to like get up at each other's faces and, oh, and I love it no you're not wrong and I mean we could even talk about if we were to go like really deep psychology you could talk about triangulation of desire which is when two people mm-hmm. put their affections on the same person because they actually are attracted to each other and both Jonah and Dan express attraction towards Amy especially in the earlier seasons oh, the yeah. only time the only time we see Jonah and Dan generally getting along is when Amy is going out with Gabe, played by Zach Woods from The Office in Silicon Valley. I love Zach Woods and so much. Zach Woods is fantastic. And Jonah and Dan are sitting at the bar insulting him. I remember it's that. the yeah. only time they're getting along um, because they both are so jealous. So I just think that this show, I mean, what we're really what we're getting to, I think what all of us are saying is this show has a fucking hilarious cast of characters, one of the best on TV. Oh yeah. They're all Agreed. they're all really interesting characters. Like, there's some shows where I'm like, oh well, some characters are more engaging to me than other ones. But I would say that everyone on Veep is really interesting to me. Everyone could hold an episode, very I think, happy. on the show, which says a lot. And speaking yeah. of show romance, another fun thing that's in, I think, pretty much every episode that's aired in 2014 of Veep 
is um, Kent and Sue's relationship. Yes, amazing. It's almost like an Easter egg because they drop it in so subtly, but you can kind of watch like a rise and fall of them getting together. He even meets her family and then it falls apart and we don't see any of it on screen. It's all done through passive aggressive remarks. I can honestly say, Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that on TV and it is hilarious. It is so funny. I love Sue a lot. Sue's Sue's hilarious. I love You know what I love? I love Gary's little crush on Selena. I think it's adorable. adorable. And I feel so bad for him, but he's such a precious baby. The squeaky shoes in the finale when he gives her the squeaky shoes for the inauguration. And then he goes in the bathroom and is like in tears, like berating himself for accidentally giving her the squeaky shoes. And actually, I would like to ask you guys, uh, so the show is called Veep, but now Selena is president of the United States. What do you think is going to happen with this upcoming season, which is actually not that far away at this point? Oh, my God. I don't know. It's going to be weird, man. I hope I she know. doesn't start the next world war. <laughs> I think that she might realize that she doesn't want to be president. Because already in the last couple episodes, we saw her feeling a lot of frustration and displeasure at the position. Whereas when she was Veep, there was obviously a lot of frustration. Another thing I love about Veep is we never actually see the president. Like, they just talk about POTUS. They don't even do any stunt casting, which is really nice. I love it. It's fantastic. I hope we never see him. Um, Mm -hmm. Although a new president will be elected now. Didn't they? What? She said they were never going to see him, right? Oh, I think I, I've I heard hope, interviews where she was I like, oh, yeah, we're going to have said that. But I like uh, Maris from Frasier. Yeah, I never yeah. want to see him because it would ruin the joke. Um, I, would be re- I would be surprised if she ends up winning this upcoming election, even though I don't think any of her competitors are that great. And I love Selena, and I always root for her. But I think that maybe she's going to end up not being president, but being more okay with it than she thought she would be. That's my guess. Yeah. Well, the president's that still stepping like down, natural, so she'll be president like for a like a place. few months at least, right? Yeah, she'll be president for a little while, but then she either will win the election. Yeah, I think she'll lose. I think I, I don't think, that, think she will, yeah. but yeah, they might take her on. I guess they're gonna take her on as Veep, so that'll be. I'm just interested maybe, to see how it unfolds. Or maybe she ends up hating being president, and then she still ends up being elected. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm super interested, though. I think it's a fantastic show. Oh, I well, I think, I think they won't want her to be president for too long because I think a lot of what was interesting about this show is that she was in a position that's generally seen as not doing yeah, a lot no power. or being able yeah. to do a lot. And if they suddenly put her in real power for an extended period of time, it would kind of throw that off. It would probably just be for um, a season. I can't imagine it being too long. I can't even imagine it being a season, but uh, wherever it goes, it'll be interesting. Thanks, I HBO. trust that show. I yeah. like Veep. <laughs> I love Veep. Uh, I think that Julia Louis Dreyfus deserves every award for Selena, and I'd like to see the rest for of the being casket. She is so impressive. Intelligent, beautiful angel. I love her. She's hilarious, and she's definitely never afraid to be the butt of the joke, which is great. Uh, yeah, that's always a. a is it the first or second episode football. where she shits her pants? <laughs> Oh, God, I don't remember, but... I don't remember either. Yeah. I remember the episode I don't remember. I couldn't tell you whether it was the first or second one, though. That's such like a bold statement right there. It's like, she didn't do anything on the show. Oh, yeah, that show can where do are we? no wrong. So we're looking We're doing number eight. Andrew's number eight. His was also oh, Veep. They have Veep, so yeah, we're going to So that. my number seven? Mm-hmm. That was Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Great. Moving along. Cool. Dylan. Uh, Gravity Falls into the bunker. 
Ah, shit. I should have watched more Gravity Falls. I love Gravity Falls so much. It also falls into that place of, like, kids shows that I think are so interesting and, like, really well thought through in a way that, I mean, a lot, kids show. I really like kids TV. I'll, I'll just put that out there. But I feel like a lot of it is very much, like, look at bright colors and shapes and shit and gross out humor and stuff. Gravity Falls is such an interesting mystery. Um, it has such a big adult following who cannot figure out what is happening and are like analyzing the show down to its details. And it still is bright and colorful and good for young kids, especially in how strong and healthy the relationship is between the twins. Um, but, um, I, uh, um, but I think it's just, it's so, it's so cool. And, um, and Into the Bunker is an especially good episode to me because uh, it puts Dipper and Wendy's friendship to the test because Dipper's had this big crush on her. Um, and this is the episode where she finally finds, like, she already knew, obviously, but it's the one where it finally comes out and they talk about it. Um, and it, like, survives it. She's like, I'm not going to date you because you're a 10-year-old kid, but, like... <laughs> But I want to be your friend because you're cool, you know, and I enjoy hanging out with you. And their their friendship survives that and they don't like it doesn't create any awkwardness. There's no like resentment from Dipper, really, because he's like, oh, I guess that's what I want. I just like spending time with you. And I think that's such an important thing because there's too many things where it's like, well, you know, don't get put in the friend zone, whatever, whatever. Um, I think it's a really mm. exactly. I think it's you can a really still healthy, be friends. It's a it's really like, healthy message. Friends. It's a really healthy message for kids to be like, you know what? Like that's not the end of the world. If you enjoy them as a person, maybe it just exactly. doesn't work out. Friendship and, like, isn't currency. Yes. Exactly. And so I really love this episode. I really love this show. It always has great guest stars. It has great uh story and great mystery. Um great animation. And yeah, it's really beautiful always. And it takes place in like the wilds of Oregon, which as a Northwesterner, I'm quite fond of. And um, <laughs> Twin Peaks. And it's also got Kristen Schaal in it, who again, my imaginary girlfriend and I love she her. She can do no wrong. Oh. I haven't I seen like, that show, but it's now on my list for wanting to definitely see. check it out. I also like to give a shout out to another show Kristen Schaal was on that was really good. It starts out really rough, and it seems like it's going to be awful for the first five episodes. Uh, Bojack Horseman. Oof. I haven't seen but, that. But, wow. It becomes the soul-crushing, incredibly depressing show very quickly on a dime. Check it out. It's really good, the last seven, eight episodes. Like, it drove me to tears for, like, the last oh. uh, first... Oh, wow, last first... Either the one before the finale, which is just the most depressing speech I've seen in a television show in a long time. You know what show I watched this year that tore my heart out? It's not, I couldn't put it on my list because it aired years ago, but uh, I saw Moral Oral. Oh my God, I love Moral Oral so oh much. My. Season Fucking three is Jesus one of the best Christ. seasons of television ever. I, I watched it all like in like a couple days. So I was like really enjoying the first two seasons that are so funny. Did you, what, what did you, what was your reaction when you got to nature? Which one was that? That's the season two uh, finale. I was like. Oral goes on the camping trip. Yeah, yeah. Um, that one I thought was, I was very scared the whole time. Um, I was like, this is not, this is not going to a good place. And then uh, the first episode of season three happened. 
and I walked into the kitchen, just tears pouring down my face. And I was like, hold, like one of my roommates, I was just like, hold me. Like I need help. It's 11 minutes of pure depression. And it's got a fucking mountain goat soundtrack. Fuck. The mountain goat song in that episode is the Fuck. most. Ah. When they're just crying. on the bed. I'm, I'm starting to cry just thinking about it right now. Like it's, oh my God. It Shan, have you off. seen Merle Oral? No, I have not. It's, I would oh. say, you might not even need to watch the whole show. Just watch from like season two finale to season three because it's so good. That's not how I roll. I can't out, just jump into something in season it two. It starts out as like a really interest, like a really kind of cute and clever like um, thing about how trying to aspire to all the religious standards that small town America puts on yeah. you. You like it's th- that's not how it works and no it kind of really eases happy. you into the show where it's like oh it's just kind of this david goliath parody and then it just gets real like the floor is just it, dropped underneath well, the you. thing is uh for the first two seasons you follow you follow oral who's so happy all the time like even though terrible things happen and like everyone else is sad he is always happy and so you get these glimpses of how terrible it is for everybody but like you never really have to get into it um, and then season three is like, oh, wait, you thought we were going to not tell you about all the sadness? Nope. Here you go. Have everyone's sad backstory in one season. And I was like, what? The Alone episode is one of the most shocking episodes I've seen in a I can't, long time. I can't. I can't. I'm yeah. shaking. I'm shaking. Oh, Jesus. This is uh, making me think of another, not a 2014 show, really, but one of my favorite shows of all time, Skins, the British version, which is another oh, show that starts that. very funny and gets dark to the point where you're like sobbing as you watch it. But I can't even get started on mm. Skins because I will take up too much of your time. Who's, uh, yep. Whose turn is it? Yeah, let's uh, let's not talk about we, Number Orcus. seven, right? Sorry. Uh, I just number did seven. my number seven, yeah. Yeah, number seven for me is Nathan for you. Oh, I watched a lot of. Nathan. I heard that was good. I didn't watch it, but uh, I heard it was good. This was a hard one for me to pick my favorite episode, but I had to go with the one that had the net for the ending, because the net is one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. I don't know if you know. Did you see that one, Shannon? Uh, no. The thing about Nathan for you is I think it's hysterically funny. I think Nathan is very creative and he's a great performer. The level of real-life awkwardness that the show has, um, anyone who's watched it, I'm sure, can sort of know what I'm talking about. It is painful to watch. It is painful. It is excruciating. The real-life awkwardness of the situation it's like Borat, but if Borat, you know, weren't an asshole, he were a guy who you can actually sort of see existing in real life, which only adds to the awkwardness. So um, I agree with you that it's a great show. I almost cannot bring myself to watch it. I watched it with one of my brothers, and I, you know, uh, enjoyed it enough. But yeah, I, yeah, I watched the episode where he hired a girl to kiss, and I was like, I. <sighs> Was in pain. I, love, I was in physical pain. What I love about it is he's parroting all the nice guys out there too. He's trying to be like this really nice guy. He's trying to be like one of those guys like, oh, I'm so nice. I just want to be with a girl. And he's just this huge asshole. And each episode he does that is the most uncomfortable thing to watch. It's so horrible. I, I That's the reason pretty much why I never ended up watching yeah. it. Because I was like, I don't think I could deal with the secondhand embarrassment. But I, I trust that it's good. 
it's never mean-spirited. Like I brought up Borat yeah. and a lot of times my problem with something like Borat or Jackass where you use real people is that it, you can feel like the real people are almost victims kind of. I will say I never feel that yeah. with Nathan for you. Like his character yeah, he is doesn't, kind. He always has him in the joke in yeah. a way. His character is very kind and he's always embarrassing yeah. himself, but it's just excruciating to watch sometimes. It's like truly painful. He makes the most of the people just above him and he's kind of below them. Yeah. Oh, God. But the net's just amazing. When he's just trying to kiss that girl, and it's just the most horrible thing. And at the end, where he's like, do you want to go on a date? And I'm just like, oh. Yeah. It's really excruciating, especially as someone who, like, you know, is an actor and is sometimes in situations where you are hired to kiss someone. The idea of that person thinking that it quote unquote meant something is like so unbelievably like it's uncool. You know what I mean? It's uncool on like a human level. So uh, I just could not hang with that show. But very creative. Uh, Nathan is incredibly talented and I would never try to dispute that. I think another thing the show does good is does mix a bunch of, I think there are fake elements to the show, but the show does such a great job of you not being able to tell which element of the show is fake and which one is real. That's why I always just found it really impressive with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love Nathan for you. The end. Shannon, number six. Number six was Veep for me, which I think we covered very well. Number, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Veep, uh, special relationship. Dylan. Uh, this is where my Bob's Burger episodes comes in. Uh, oh. I picked the Equestronauts because anything yes. that makes oh, bronies is 100% something that I am on board with. And I'll never be over. Uh, all, everything that happened in that episode was amazing. and I Paul Tompkins voicing the big asshole brony was amazing. Yeah. Oh, That's a God. great episode that touches on something that apparently the brony documentary, which I have not watched, full disclosure, I have not watched it, but I have heard that the brony documentary also touches on how these grown men have taken something that's meant for young girls. And the problem isn't that they're enjoying something that's meant for young girls. is that they've completely taken it away from the yeah, young girls who are fans. Yeah, exactly. They completely that appropriated it and turned it into a, often a pretty grotesquely sexual thing. Yes. Uh, it's created a culture that excludes women and excludes uh, young yeah. people. So I, I thought the Equestronauts episode so did a great job of calling that out. Yeah, no, I, I definitely yeah. would agree like I have no problem with guys liking things that are meant for girls because I think that everything should be yeah. enjoyable by yeah. everybody. Um, it's just a creepy fan but, Oh problem. my god, it's the worst. It's so creepy, and um, I thought it was really a good representation of how that is, um, how that has come to what it's come to actually do uh, in a way that people might not truly understand if they don't encounter it but having these characters that we know be like oh like this is a not a good place for my young daughter to be yeah like yeah it introduces it to to people who might not know what was going on with it but beyond people think bronies are gross Mm-hmm. And it's great. I mean, I have so much affection for Bob, the character. He is in some yeah. ways, you know, a stodgy dad who's stuck in his ways. But we see him kind of time and time again really go to the mat for his kids. And this was a great exe- oh, yeah. episode, uh, a great example of an episode where he really sticks up for Tina. And it's fantastic. He quite literally goes to the mat for her when he fights that Brazilian yeah, dude or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, what's that type of Brazilian fighting? They like keep saying it in the episode as that guy is fighting. 
thing. Razoo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it's called. But that's a that's wasn't from 2014, oh. but definitely a classic episode. I know. Yeah, I I, think, I, I love him. I I yeah. think more TV dads should should be like him because Capoeira. So happy. Capoeira. I think, Capoeira. Capoeira. I think a good comparison is Hank Hill, where Hank is set in his ways, but Bob is more willing to get into things than Hank is. Yeah. And I would say, like, if you watch early seasons of The Simpsons, Homer's very affectionate, you know. He, yeah, he's great. He dad. yells, especially at Bart, and, you know, there's the whole, like, fake strangling thing. But um, one of the things I love about the early seasons of The Simpsons, and one of the se- reasons I'm not such a fan of these later seasons, is in the early seasons, you know, if there was an episode about Homer and Marge getting into a fight, it would end with the two of them, you know, tandem bicycling together and having a sweet moment, whereas now it would end with some nasty comment about Marge being a nag. So Oh, there's one where he sedates her. And that's the end of the episode. Well, fuck that. Like, that's not that's who Homer or Season 10, Marge season 11? Are. I'm not interested. Have episode burn in my brain. Yeah, that's a huge bummer because that's not really true to the characters, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's, 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 it's okay and normal to show fights because I think every family gets in fights. But it's how the family... How, it's how the healthy families on TV resolve them that really... Yeah. Um, and how they grow and learn from them because I feel like... Bob has definitely like grown as a person. Yeah, he's oh, given totally. on yeah. a lot of things with his kids and he's really understanding them better and that's really sweet and great especially with Tina because we don't get enough complex like Tina high school is girls, one of the best you know? characters in television ever. Oh, absolutely. I think that one of the wonderful things we've seen Bob grapple with in 2014 is that Tina is growing up and she's interested in boys and she's interested in, you know, I don't want to say sex, but let's say like you know, physical, physical relationships with boys. And Mm -hmm. Bob is kind of slowly coming to terms with her growing up um, in a way that feels really genuine and is at the same time, like cool and beautiful to watch. Yeah. Hmm. So does that bring us to. I got number six. six? Yep. Uh, Silicon Valley, another first time show on this list. Uh, It's in my my honorable mentions. Uh, this was a show I also loved. Uh, I picked the last episode of the season, Optimal Tip to Top Efficiency, mainly because it probably has one of the funniest dick jokes of all time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is such an amazing over-the-top dick joke about math. It's just such a crazy scene, and it's something we haven't really seen before. So I'm very glad for my judge, uh... You know, widening the horizon out there for dick jokes, making more new room out there. Uh, but the show, uh, why I put it on there mainly is because it just has a good dynamic between the characters. At first, I thought I was going to hate TJ Miller in the show, or I thought he was going to be this horrible asshole to everybody, and that's what the show was going to be like. And then kind of expanded on him a lot, where he kind of just gets more into the crew as it goes along. And he feels more part of the family they are in. Uh, the show, I don't know if it would say it feels hateful. It feels more like mm, they're stuck together, but they kind of like each other, but they also fuck with each other at the same time. It's kind of like Veep in that sense. 
Yeah. Because I also watched all of Silicon Valley, and I was, like you, I was very impressed by the ensemble. I usually have a really hard time watching T.J. Miller. I don't know if I'm the only one, um, but he... No, no, you're definitely not the only one. He can have a presence that's really grating. I ended up really enjoying Silicon Valley. It didn't make my top ten list, but I did like it. Um, I think they have a couple of challenges going into season two, and I'm excited to see how they tackle them. Um, challenge one, and this is so sad, um, is that yeah. the actor who played Peter Gregory passed away suddenly. Which he had a crazy was performance in, on the show. an incredible tragedy because Peter yeah. Gregory was an amazing character. So funny, completely enjoyable to watch. One of the best parts of the show, in my opinion. Yes, exactly. And um, Peter Thiel is the creator of PayPal, and that's who Peter Gregory is based on. And my dad actually knows <laughs> Peter Thiel in real life. Their dad, uh, he's friends with his dad, so he has met Peter Thiel a number of times. And my dad says that the character of Peter Gregory is very true to who Peter Thiel is, which <laughs> I know is a crazy thing about, but that whole thing about him building an island powered by drones in international waters is true. That is amazing. So I will, I think the show, I'll miss that character. Going along with that, the only female character on the show is Peter yes. Gregory's assistant Monica. She is she the nothing. worst character on the show. She yeah. has not a single character trait and she and only And she's attracted to the main guy for some reason that we don't For know. no reason because he yeah. has not done anything that I he believe not a real human in woman any way at all. would be attracted to. But Honestly, I'm not here to be like, oh, Silicon Valley needs to add like three women to their team. Because when I'm watching Sex in the City, I'm not like, but where are all the male characters representation? I get that there can be shows that are just about a group <laughs> oh, of guys. But you need variety. My problem is, is what that it she's is. on the show, but she's boring as shit and she has nothing to do. They need to either cut this character with, I mean, I'm imagining Peter Gregory will not be recast. He's just going to be gone now that he's provided the investment yeah. money, which again, I think is a shame. If they're going to have female characters, they can't be female characters who just tell the male characters how great they are. They have to decide, like, we're either going to have some entertaining women or we're just going to focus on our male characters. Monica is the worst in between. She ruins every scene she's in. She's like two, like, what, uh, two minutes an episode and then she's like, just like, oh, hey, she's like, did you do that yet? You can do it. You think you can do it, but you can do it. I believe in you. And I'm like, why do you believe in him? Like, there's uh, no reason. He's so, a soft-spoken uh, little weirdo. Again, I'm not being, for once, I'm not trying to get on my feminist soapbox, but I think she's a terrible character. Yeah, she really is. We should always be on feminist soapboxes, Shannon. But um, I usually I have, no, I have not, for the record... I've not seen Silicon Valley, but I would agree with you in general. Uh, I think representation is very, very important. Mm-hmm. But if you don't make the character interesting in any way, they are just being token at that point. Yeah. You know, it's like, what are you doing? Like, She's if they the don't have token. a role, if they don't have a role to play in the show, just don't put them in there. Forcing diversity is not what should happen. Just make interesting characters. You should make an interesting, interesting world. Characters. And Ooh. the thing yeah. is, there are interesting people who aren't straight yeah. white dudes. So maybe write them in also. But yeah. don't 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 just like be like, oh shoot, we don't have any women. Here's a woman. She's gonna do a thing, but we've already got plots, so she can't really do anything at all, actually. Exactly. I'm more offended by Monica's presence than I would be by 
there not being a woman on the show at all. Because like I said, like when I'm watching girls, I'm not like, there need to be more male characters so everyone can be equally represented. Like I really feel like, you know, there can be shows that are more female geared and more male geared, although obviously either gender should be able to enjoy them as much as they like. Uh, but having Monica um, kind of wedged in only seems to circle and highlight we only have one female character. They might as well write it in yeah. all caps. <laughs> Well, like if like, she was a great character, you would go, "Oh wow, this show's got a really good female character on it." Yeah, like, you wouldn't be going, "Oh, there's only like, one female I, character on this here's show." The thing. I know there's more than one female character on Bob's Burgers, but there's only one female voice actor in the family. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I was at the beginning vaguely like, "Why is that?" But then I realized it doesn't really matter because like it's still interesting and they're interesting characters and like. They're not trying to be mockeries of women. They're trying to oh, be whole yeah. characters. Like, I still yeah. wish they were voiced by real women just because I'm always for, I guess, people being able to play characters from a place of truth. But, like, I, I don't know. I can't get hung up on it when they're still so interesting. Yeah, I mean, as that's always... It's difficult to strike a balance sometimes because you want people to be equally represented you want you know uh minorities and women and other people to be represented by people who are actually from that walk of life but at the mm-hmm. same time acting is acting and if yeah. you know every role i were playing were a talkative young white girl who's just doing her thing in suburban chicago i would be bored yeah. like actors <laughs> oh, yeah. are actors and they act for so sure I and i'm gonna bring you. this up i'm gonna bring this up down the line a couple of epi- a couple of shows down i need to talk about this so we'll yeah. we'll get there but hey listeners if you want to contact us at on your market set review you can find us at on your market set review.wordpress.com email us at thinwhitedudes at gmail.com you can also visit us at our Facebook page, interact with your favorite contestants, and give us the most scathing flames that we truly deserve. You can also find us on iTunes. Now, back to the show. Great. Does that take us to number five? Uh, actually, we're going to do one more category, and then we're going to do a two-parter oh, later on. Okay, well, we great. I think we'll cut it off after this category. I have great. we'll do questions, and that's it because cool. we're definitely running way over budget. Sure. Yep. All right. Uh, this next one is called "I Hate You, But I Love You," and this is the worst episodes from shows you do like. Uh, this season, I really like the season of Orphan Black, but then they had the transgender episode. Uh, they introduced a transgender clone. And it is really bad, which really disappointed me. It could have been a good character, but they did the worst makeup job on uh, Maisley? Masley? Tatiana Masley? Does anyone watch Orphan Black? I no. do. I haven't the foggiest of how to pronounce her name. Ta- Masley. Mansesley? Mansesley. Let's just say the star of the show. Our the apologies. star of the Our show. apologies to who, however you yeah. pronounce this woman's name. The makeup job on her is Absamo. She has this beard on her. It looks like uh, the Team America beard mm. where they put it on him and make him look like a terrorist. It's mm. so bad. And it's just so disappointing because it could have been a really interesting character. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they get into this really... It's not... Uh, as my main problem with it isn't... Because it's hard to set make, uh, make ah. 
Are you it's okay? Hard to say you have, yeah, because I. It's hard to say you have a problem with this because then you sound like you're transphobic. We know that you're not. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, that's but it's. Oh yeah, it's just such an uncomfortable scene because they're brother and sister on the show, where she kisses. Uh, it's not the bro- sister, obviously, but Maisley as Tony kisses Tony. What's his name? Felix. Okay. And it's just this really uncomfortable moment. And it's not... So it feels just, like incest to you. It's not a homophobic yeah. thing. It's an incest yeah, thing. Yeah, it's just so weird. Like, wait, what's going on here? Bringing us back around to how trash Supernatural is. Ugh. <sighs> and that made me so uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't like this anymore. Yeah, that feels fair. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. haven't... I'm not caught up on Orphan Black. I've only watched about half of the first season. But, I, I mean... Anytime there's a production value element that's off, that's obviously going to be a huge distraction. Like if you were watching an episode and the audio were off, you'd be distracted by that. So it's fair to be distracted by bad special effects makeup. Like that doesn't strike me as transphobic. It's just, it was a good idea. It was just so poorly done in Mm. every way. Uh, The show is really good with her pulling everything off. She's an amazing actress who basically pulls off four different roles in really unique, distinct ways. But it's just that one thing that they weren't able to do right, and it was really disappointing. Yeah, that's a bummer. Uh, have you? How much have you seen? One half of it so far? I think I've seen about half of the first season, and I agree with you everything. I mean, she's a phenomenal actress. I actually don't understand why she keeps getting passed over for awards, because to be able to play it's ridiculous. all those characters so distinctly, um, and especially because they're different nationalities, and some of them, I mean, one in particular is very mentally unwell. Um that's the most diplomatic way I can think of putting it. Uh, so I do agree with you that like, she's wonderful and uh, yeah, I just, I haven't seen enough of it and I haven't seen that episode to make that distinction to go to my answer to your question though, about a show I love with a terrible episode. Mm-hmm. Um, actually not to spoil for our next, the next part of this two parter, but the next one on my list is new girl. And I'll talk about my best episode when we get to my number five. But there's an episode of New Girl where, at this point, Jess and Nick are broken up. This was this season. And New Girl has actually gotten a lot stronger since Jess and Nick broke up, which I'm happy about. Uh, But there was an episode where she has a guy over and he has a girl over. And in order to avoid conflict, he pretends to be gay. And the Uh. show slips into a lot of really bad gay male stereotypes in a way that it's never done before and actually feels like very, very jarring. Um, And it also resorted to a lot of like women are crazy, crazy ex-girlfriend jokes. Uh, And it's just not what New Girl is about. New Girl has actually been for a mainstream sitcom, pretty goddamn feminist. Um, Elizabeth Merriweather, who's the writer of New Girl, wrote a feminist play called Hedatron, which is like a futuristic version of Hedda Gabler that I hugely admire, and I love her work. Um, This episode was a rare misstep for New Girl, and it was one of the worst in the show's run, if not the worst. I still need to watch New Girl. I haven't seen it yet. uh, It never called to me, but I I take Shannon's endorsements with, um, with a... I take them very. I take them to heart. I take them to heart. I will. Yes. I will well, same to you. <laughs> like I said, I'm looking forward to checking out Gravity Falls and Moral Oral. Do it, uh, Dylan. Did you have a worst episode of the show you loved? Uh, 
Not that jumps to mind. It's cool if you don't. I no, won't kill nothing you. that I nothing that I like hated with all of my heart or anything. Nothing that sticks out in my brain. But you know, I'm sure there were off episodes, but I probably just chose to forget them. <laughs> and so should we all. All right. Well, that almost concludes part one. Now it is onto the game portion for part one. Then we'll Ooh. end for today. Uh, whoever wins becomes master of television. Oh shit! This part exciting. No pressure though. All right. Uh, this I actually didn't write a category. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> these are uh, sketch shows that have aired on American television. Okay. Okay. You have to tell me which one is real because I will give you three fake ones. Okay. All right. Three out of four are fake. One's real. Yep. Okay. All uh, multiple choice. Number one, A, high five in the devil. B, in the flow with Afon Crockett. C, mixed nuts. D, the balls out comedy hour. Hmm. What was number two again? In the flow with Afon Crockett. Okay, this is way more challenging than I thought it would be. Um... What was number one again? High five in the devil. I think in the flow might be the real one. All right. Because mixed uh, nuts and balls out sound too real. <laughs> I'm going with balls out. I'm sorry, Dylan. It was in the flow with Fawn Crockett. Oh, Damn. shit, y'all. Oh, my gosh. I, I had a lot of fun writing the balls out comedy hour, though. It just, sounds, yeah. it just sounds like something that It sounds so real. That's what makes it to so me, funny to me. The reason I guessed In the Flow was the real one was because it sounded the fakest to me, which is why I thought yeah. it was real. <laughs> that's why I picked it, because it's so stupid sounding. Oh, boy. And that's actually recent. It's like two years ago, which is really what? weird. On what channel? Where, where was where? that? I think it might have been like uh, Fox, maybe. It was like a mid-season replacement. Weird. What? All right. Number two. A. Bills, Bills, and Billy. B, the Kevin Klein Somber Affair Hour. C, cause. D, it's a show. Oh, so much hipster nonsense. <laughs> that was actually when I was wanting to write hipster nonsense. I would have Me every that. day walking down Brooklyn. That's a 30 Rock joke, Too so I would have known that nonsense. was fake. Um, I'm going to say it's a show is the real one. Dylan? Uh, can I hear the first one again? Bills, Bills, oh, and right. Billy. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I'm going to say C. Cause yeah. that is correct. Ooh. Yeah. One to one. We're evenly matched. We only have five more to go. Who will win? We'll find out. Number three. A, I can't believe it's not comedy. <laughs> B, Madhouse Brigade. <laughs> C, Opera Bros. D, two guys, a pizza parlor, and a sketch show. What was B again? I'm sorry, I was laughing. Madhouse Brigade. I wish I had these written out in front of me. Uh, could you repeat them again, please? All right. <laughs> They're all so complicated, Andrew. I can't believe it's not comedy. B, Madhouse Brigade. C, Oppa Bros. 
D, two guys, a pizza parlor, and a sketch show. I'm going to go with B. I'm going with A. I don't care. I thought it was really funny, so I'm going to pick it. Oh, thank you for the compliment. I wrote that. <laughs> Shannon's right. It's okay. Madhouse Brigade. What the fuck? That was the one I thought. That was that was the one I thought was right. But I this I can truly, one, but. in my case at least, it can be prescribed dumb luck. Oh, th- uh, let's you'll see never you get, you'll I've, never make him as angry as I made him uh, during the during a previous episode. I almost won. That's why I get so angry. <laughs> Number four. A. You wrote it. You watch it. B. Sit down, idiot. C. Shh. D. The sketch show formerly known as Prince. A. Done. Mm, C. Shannon's right Damn again. Uh, I have not watched any of these for the record. So. <laughs> Neither have I. Thank you, Wikipedia. Is you wrote it, you watch it. Was that like watcher submitted sketches because that's yes sounds, exactly that sounds like a fucking john stewart gimmick. really yeah oh my god what? oh johnny yes <laughs> oh boy all right all See, right Number if f- you'd mentioned steven's old sketch show i would know what you're talking about old stevie number five a jokes and jokes b house of laughs c comedy show with comedy in quotation marks and D, the news with a Z at the end instead of an S. I'm going to go with B. I'm also going to go with B. I'm sorry. It was the news with a Z instead of an S. Fuck that. <laughs> I know. How sad is that? I regret nothing because I don't want to acknowledge that. <laughs> I'm very glad none of you went with comedy show with comedy in quotation marks. That's, that's right. my future show. <laughs> oh, good. Number six, A, the clappers. B, hold your applause. C, the show must not go on. There's a quotation mark at the end. And D, turn on. I'm going to go with uh, hold your applause. B. Dylan. Whichever B was. Hold your applause? Yeah, okay. Neither are you right. It was uh, turn on. Ugh. It's making me Dylan. hate. Yes. You can tie this up now. Two more. Our Shannon can win it all. Ah. Next question. Number seven. A. Hot stacks. B. Short ribs. C. Funny boners. Or D. Skit sketch. I'm going to go with short ribs. I'm Ooh. going with A. Climatic answer. Dylan. You were wrong. Shannon, you won it. What? Oh, my goodness. No. Do I get another Thank tiara? God, because the last one was not good. I, was I not only accept one. awards that are in tiara form. We're still going to do the last one, because I did work on it, so I don't care. <laughs> it was terrible, a, but we're going to do it. A, A, laughs plenty. B, Brian Bizquick. C, Jeffrey and Cole Casserole. Or D, spaghetti everywhere. Ugh. I hope D is a thing. Uh, Wait, what was A again? Laughs o plenty. Hey. The typical Irish spelling. I'll go with that. What the fuck? It was it. Jeffrey and Cole Casserole, but I'm very glad you picked spaghetti everywhere because that's the only reason why I wanted to do I that one. I didn't actually answer that. God damn it. Oh, Whatever. well, you're close enough. I just thought it was funny. I was going to say C, but... you Oh, two to four. 
Still close. Congratulations, Shannon. You are the master of television. I Yay, do it all along. Job, thank Shannon. you. Thank you. Well, I look forward to seeing you guys uh, for part two. I, part I two. I do as well. We only went over an hour and 25 minutes. Oh, boy. I can only imagine the part two will be this epic conclusion. If I read. Re- like The Hobbit. Okay. All right. But Bye-bye. hopefully better and with less racists in it. More. Uh, barrels. More barrels, less racists. I still have not seen the last two movies. I probably will not. I watched I watched the second to last Hobbit uh, because Colbert was in it, and so was his family. But How long were they in there? Like two seconds? Not very long. <laughs> also because my family wanted me to go with them. But Alright. Well, thank you for showing up, and we'll see you all soon for part two of this thrilling conclusion. Bye-bye. television. See you then. Bye. Dirty jerks. <laughs> Later, nerds.